Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. And we are coming up on our last episode of February. It is leap year and such a special moment with a special person that this opportunity to connect leadership with love, compassion, transparency, and authenticity. You all know how much I absolutely um, value and adore uh, being able to unpack leadership and this conversation, if you haven't gotten pen and paper, now is the time to get it. So let me introduce Dr. Franny Moyer to you. With an EDD in educational leadership and two decades of teaching and leadership experience in early learning, Dr. Franny uses her gift of relational conversations to work with students and teachers in early childhood centers. Dr. Franny leans into personal personal experiences, common grounds, and thin threads that connect people as part of her relational work. She has an unwavering commitment to going deep with teachers and clients to support them in achieving their potential through owning their story and sharing it with others, but more so by embracing each person's story and their lived experiences. As an early learning supervisor, she has developed um, ex an extensive background and research in early childhood education and leadership. Her core values of reflective supervision, relational leading, active listening, and a desire to see others succeed have been pivotal to creating a culture of stability. Dr. Franny's desire to speak and share on important topics in early learning and her research bridging the 30 million word gap the impact of Keystone Stars accreditation on infant language exposure in Pennsylvania early childhood facilities has brought her to several stages. She has shared her insight at the Early Childhood Summit, the Nutrition Summit, and at conferences and professional developments hosted by various early learning programs. So as you can see, she has quite an extensive experience and perspective about leadership and how to make healthy connections. Welcome to the flip side, Dr. Franny. Oh, thank you, Dr. Jackson. I am happy to be here. I want to say hello to my amazing and supporter, supportive partner, Eric, who is at home with our two beautiful daughters. Absolutely. Oh, 
You didn't get a chance to see the pictures of the newest chunky baby, but she's amazing. And so congratulations. <laughs> I'm so um, grateful that you would take time away from your beautiful children to be in the studio with us today. Thank you so much. Uh, so let's jump into it, right? So um, we actually had a, a pre-conversation because we've been in leadership spaces together and your authenticity, compassion, and heart always show through in just even how you reflect and answer questions. So can you tell me a little bit about um, how you have cultivated your voice to be brave, but also safe in spaces? Where does that come from? I think we have to start with where that impression came from. So um, we met at a conference where we were speaking about identities. Uh, and it brought me to think of my story and how to own my story and bring back the power of who I am mm -hmm. and where I came from mm -hmm. and how to give it to others who serve. In that conversation, you had myself and my colleagues do an activity, if you recall. Yes. It was um, seven circles. Yes, it was. I was very pregnant and pregnancy brain is real, but it stuck out in my mind. Mm -hmm. Because what I did for me in my circles as I was identifying with who I am and connecting with my pieces of identity I realized that it was so powerful for me to leave in that I am a thriver. Mm, yes. So you had so many kind words to share with me just now about who I am. Like, tell me who I am. Yes. <laughs> I, it, I didn't even believe that was me that you were talking about. Mm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. One of the identities, like I said, is, is thriver. So um, I'll lead with, I am a survivor and a thriver of domestic violence, um, and also some childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. And we mm -hmm. all come with yeah. our backpacks. We do. Yes, okay. we do. Um, you know, in that, I have to own mm -hmm. where I've been, know where I am, mm -hmm. but really focus on who's in front of me. It's not about my drive in front of me. It's about who's in front of me. Mm -hmm. And a wonderful coworker of mine said it in such a way, the rearview mirror is smaller for a reason. Yes. Yeah. The rearview mirror is smaller for a very good reason. So I try not to focus on the pieces mm -hmm. of the past that are heavy, yeah. deep and negative, but use them as common grounding to say, this person you see here in front of you today that might look like I got it all together. <laughs> Trust me, I don't. When I say messy leadership, I am the mess. I am a hot mess express. Like, choo-choo. <laughs> Here I am. Um, but using that as a story of overcoming. Yes. And just yes. sharing that you don't have to do what I did. Mm -hmm. You do what you're going to do. 
there's something so powerful when a leader has the ability to not get stuck by what they've been through mm -hmm. and, and therefore project that onto others. There's a beauty that really allows your authenticity to then radiate mm -hmm. to others as you were reflecting on your circles mm -hmm. and your honesty. Because what struck me in that moment was because the entire room was of leaders from all around the state, you were allowing yourself to be vulnerable, honest, but it gave permission to everyone else in the room to actually do the same because the entire uh, session was around helping leaders take off the cape mm -hmm. and begin to focus on themselves so that what they're giving out to others comes from a full place as opposed to a depleted place. Mm -hmm. And when you allowed yourself to not just talk about the credentials, the things, mm -hmm. but really who you are, it gave people, it, it just like freed the room. Do you find that that happens often, not only in leadership spaces, but in other spaces as well? Yes, I truly do find that the way that I communicate with others and allow them space, place, and grace to be themselves mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. gives them the opportunity to open up to me. Now, word of caution, of course, when you do that, you might hear some things that are shocking, yet didn't ask to hear, mm -hmm. and maybe not knowing what to do with the information, mm -hmm. not knowing what to do with that. So time to process. Yes. Right. So you incorporate that moment. So I'm thinking about leaders who themselves in this season have found themselves to question, am I actually enough mm -hmm. for these moments where people are sharing stuff with me and I've got my own stuff? Can you think of how as a leader, you if, if one of those leaders was sitting with us here at the table and they're getting all of this stuff from their staff, but they don't quite know what to do with their stuff and they don't know what to do with their own stuff. Mm -hmm. What advice would you begin to share with them? Right. Great question. Um, and that's where I say we've got to get through the mess to get to the message. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wanted to focus on the messier parts of leadership. There's there's pieces that'll organize it, but I was that person. Mm -hmm. um, I wanna say maybe about year, nine months ago when I really started going deep. So what I'll say to other leaders who are listening or anybody who leads any kind of team is take stock in your in your blessings first. Okay, let your trials become your testimony. That's that's what I had to do. Um, and when you are messy in leadership and you allow things to flow and come as they are, mm -hmm. you're not 
putting up walls and gates in front of people who are coming to you. When you allow that to happen and flow naturally, take it. Build in the airplane as we're flying it here. So, mm-hmm. you know, get get the lap belt on, strap in. Mm-hmm. But for a leader, put your mask on first. Yeah. Yeah. Put your mask on first. And don't fix it. Don't aim to fix. You just freed somebody, Dr. Fred. <laughs> How many leaders are trying to fix everything? And I feel like I've, when I'm coaching leaders, they often say, well, I feel like I need to fix yeah. it because they shared it. No, how about they just want to feel heard? Mm-hmm. And, and what I'm hearing you say is, and I want to make sure people understand that you are using the word messy, but you don't mean sloppy. Correct. So can you actually, so let's just back up. (laughs) Yeah. Because she's talking about the messiness of leadership, but she is not saying be sloppy. So what are you meaning by this, the the messy, Mm -hmm. the imperfections? What, What do you want to make sure people understand? Sure. So I have two pretty... Pretty good things to say about that. The first one is I do call myself, you know, this recovering imperfect perfectionist. It's okay not to be perfect. And you have to give yourself as a leader grace to make mistakes and put your foot in your mouth when you're having some of these deeper conversations. Um, but what really helps is I I use um is a little acronym, a little thing, VCR. Now I am so sorry. So sorry to the younger ones. Do you know what that is? Right. There's a whole gen- generations of people are like VCR. 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 <laughs> we just dated ourselves, but it's okay. I'm so sorry to all of you who are listening under maybe, I don't know, 35. I don't want to judge or stereotype anybody. Um, but VCR, you know, for our purposes was you take this cassette box tape, you plug it in. We're not talking about that. Um What it is, is a little acronym that helps me connect with whether I'm doing a reflective with a group Mm -hmm. or if I'm doing a reflective conversation with an individual, how to keep the mess almost managed Mm -hmm. and put together. So you're right. It's not sloppy. So then what is VCR basically? So VCR comes from some um, other leadership tenants that I've learned along the way. Um, V is for vault. Okay. So vault is essentially an agreement. We're agreeing to keep this confidential. We're keeping it between us. It might just be a one directional conversation. There's no Mm bi-directional, just that vault. And Vegas rules, right? <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and we're going to keep it here. But I, I would think that vault, just that mm-hmm. initial very first letter, actually allows people to feel like they can be honest mm-hmm. because they know it's going to stay with you. Yeah. Safety and trust. Mm-hmm. Safety and trust. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Yeah. So we start with the vault, and then the C. The C is curious. And my coworkers and people that I'm with in, in my circle, they always say, oh, yep, Franny's that one is going to stay curious, <laughs> but then stay curious a little bit longer, right? Mm-hmm. So stay curious, do it longer, 
And that curiosity is really um, a tenant that I call and have heard of before and learn about is called perspective taking. Yes. Yes. Right. Instead of assumption making. Yes. Which gets in the way so often, even when we have good intentions about helping, but when you are seeking perspective as opposed to making an assumption, again, safety and trust. I am loving this B, the C. Now I'm dying to know what's the R. Well, so it, it there's a little bit, there's there's a bit of a P in there. Okay. Um, but I, I don't like, it messes up the whole <laughs> acronym aspect of it. Um, it's like a P slash. And that stands for process and reflect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're agreeing with the, the person or the group, essentially, that we're going to take time to pause when need to. Think about, you know, is this a, is this a you mm-hmm. or is this a me? Mm-hmm. Is it a we or is there a one something that aha moment that can come out of it. Yeah, yeah. The the ability to, and I'm actually curious. Mm-hmm. So is this a part of an agreement, common practice? So the expectation that we are actually going to slow this conversation down enough for pause and reflection to be integrated in it? Or is this something that you do and people have to pick up on it? Is it a systemic thing or is it? Yeah, so that's a great question. I actually start off conversations and um, most recently some group meetings and um, processes when I know we're gonna go deep, when I know we might be talking about something that's Mm -hmm. a little more undesired, could get a little ugly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I bring this up mm-hmm. and I make it as a, this is where we're going to start for some grounding rules mm-hmm. just to get to a common ground of what this conversation looks like, sounds like, and how we can keep each other safe, how I can keep myself safe, how you can feel safe in the conversation. Because mm-hmm. we don't want to point fingers when things get messy and ugly. It's not about the person or you know, people, mm-hmm. let's talk about the problem. Yes. The power of recognizing instead of avoiding the fact that things are messy. I have found that people are in such an emotional place, especially after so many years uh, from the pandemic that we that leaders just want in some unspoken ways at times, they just want, can we all just get along when actually this has to be a part of leadership? Like you have to embrace the fact that that there are going to be messy moments, Mm -hmm. but if you have a process, Mm -hmm. a system to consistently embrace It brings people back to that safety and allows you to be brave as well. Oh, I love all of this. So why would you say this this process of being brave, of really incorporating this safety, having this framework, why is that so important to you? 
for me, it comes from a place of, again, it's that rear view mirror mm -hmm. and the, and, and an actual place of either psychological safety and not having it or, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe it's financial safety, whatever that is feeling, feeling safe mm -hmm. is an intangible that cannot sometimes be measured. It has to be grown and established like any type of relationship, safety and trust go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I found in my own experience, it is not given at the door. Mm -hmm. You yeah. have to earn that position. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I hope yeah. that these techniques for the people I work with earns that position for me. That's the goal that they feel safe. Yeah. And I've earned that in their eyes. Yeah. So am I hearing in, in how you just package that, that recognizing in your own story, there may have been seasons in which you did not receive it. Mm -hmm. And so this has become important to you because it's it's almost going back to your core value words. It literally is so important that you make sure other people receive it so that they then, you then position yourself to have earned their safety and trust as opposed to expecting mm -hmm. it just to be automatic, which sometimes I think happens in in a, a leader mm -hmm. leadership position. We just we just want the respect right. or we feel like, well, they should when actually there needs to be a consistent way of establishing that. You are correct. You hit that right on the head. And that I call as a positional power play. Mm -hmm. That's a toxic mm -hmm. leadership structure um, mm -hmm. in a positional power play, you assume. Mm -hmm. And that becomes authoritative. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I say is nobody works for me. We work together. And I am willing to get in there and get dirty and, and go deep and do, you know, anything that anybody does. And it's walking alongside in any part of their journey, whether it's work or personal they know that I got their back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even from the start of our conversation, allowing when appropriate for them to recognize this persona that somehow you might think I've got it all together. I've got a story too. And because I've healed, mm -hmm. I am healing. I'm walking my own truth. I'm going to create space. And so it makes you real. It makes you relevant. <laughs> yeah. I have to laugh, though, because do I have it all together? 100%. Absolutely not. I am, um, we say in our circle at, uh, at work, progress over perfection. Oh. Even though I'm a recovering perfectionist, it's still uh, WIP is another one. Work in progress. Yes. I fall back. Mm -hmm. And then it's about getting back up with grace. But when you have offered grace to mm -hmm. others, I have found like when when it's a culture of grace, when a leader makes a mistake, they're not actually expecting you to be perfect. And it becomes more of that natural reciprocal experience 
as opposed to an I gotcha. Very true. (laughs) Very true. And also see me, Mm -hmm. see me make the mistakes and see me own them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See me own those pieces and the recovery of it too. How do you recover and repair when you do make a mistake? That's part of the the grace and the and the balance and and the dance that that we do in relationships. Mm-hmm. It's not like I said. It's not about power. It's this very relational piece. I do. You do. How do we do it together? Can you give me maybe three concrete strategies that you have cultivated over time to intentionally? fortify relationships, either um, with your team or just as a program? Yeah, sure. So the, um, the VCR one is a new one mm-hmm. that I'm, that I'm working with. And that's um, some learnings that I'm doing for some deeper trainings in leadership and brave leadership um, working on right now. I also, um, another acronym is Sal, my pal Sal, I call him. <laughs> and, yes. And if my team's out there listening, they're sick of me. They're sick of me and my rhymes. <laughs> it's all right. They remember them though. They might, they might, oh, here she is. But you remember what it is. This is true. They, they, oh, they, they're like, Franny, you're at it again with the rhymes. Another slogan, another catchy thing. Yes. It gets in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, So SAL, S-A-L, just to me, stands for sincere and attentive listening. Oh. We talk about active listening a lot. We do. And how is this different? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to talk about what listening isn't first, (laughs) right? We we think we listen, but we really don't. We do. As a culture. We do. And it's hard. So... um, we were talking about a little bit before we got on the air here about this body language mm-hmm. and barriers. Um, one thing I like to do with my team specifically in this sincere moment is make sure I'm not disengaged. Shut the email down. Easier said than done. Yes. Right? Yes. Shut it down. Barriers. Is there a big table in between us? Mm-hmm. Is, my, is my laptop open? Mm-hmm. It's also just asking the question, what what feels comfortable to you? Are, are you comfortable sitting side by side? Is that comfortable? Or is that too close? You don't mm-hmm. want me to touch you. You don't want mm-hmm. the hug, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is it is do you need to sit across the room? Mm-hmm. Is the lighting too bright? Yeah. Do we need to take it down? Right. And if you're disengaged in listening process, you're not asking those questions. Um but the body language, the barriers, interruptions. Are you are you ready for a conversation? Can you lock the door? Go to a, a, a private place. Um, unfocused. And then even just thinking of asking questions, but not really hearing yes. the need. Mm-hmm. And then being very disconnected to the next series that comes out of your mouth, like a disconnected line of thinking. So those are some of the disengaged parts, but to be sincere and attentive and listen, like, what does that mean? Right? Right. To have people feel valued, Mm -hmm. actually heard. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
So we have about one minute before we um, go to break. I would love for us to pick right back up from this moment because I literally had a whole coaching conversation this morning with a leader around not only talking about listening, Mm -hmm. but practicing Mm -hmm. listening. And so I'd like for us to pick right back up from here and dive a little bit deeper into how you create this framework Mm -hmm. for Sal. All right. Well, if I, I, I warned you, make sure you have paper and pen, if not just to make sure you understand what VCR is and SAL. So if you didn't have a pen before we got started, we're going to go for a short break and we'll be right back in a few moments and you can jump right back into the conversation with your notepad and your pen. And before we go, I also want to offer an opportunity for any Um, anyone who is impacting the lives of children and families to become a part of our Refill tribe. We have an entire group that is building community, creating and sharing tools and strategies, as well as answering some really hard questions and being vulnerable in a space with like-minded people who have found this vocation of touching the lives of children as one that's not just a job, but one in which it truly ignites their life. But we have to be honest, the work is hard and you may be feeling depleted. If that's you, go to Refill Tribe Tools for Educators Healing from Burnout. Put that into Facebook. I can't wait to accept you as a member. Come on into the tribe. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty. What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit sandracoats.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. 
To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back. We have been having a powerful conversation with Dr. Franny Moyer. She has been sharing transparency about the messiness of leadership, which really it's not about being sloppy. She broke it down for us, but it actually opens the door for authentic relationships as well as opens the door for inspiration, encouragement. And she was just sharing with us. Now, if you missed VCR, you're going to have to catch the replay. Just saying. (laughs) But she was just walking us through Sal. And so can you restate what Sal is for those who might be just logging in and then continue your reflection on how this has actually shifted your leadership approach as well as the safety for your teams? Absolutely. And welcome back, everybody. Um, I think before we can go back into Sal, just in case anybody wasn't there, um, when we get into these reflective conversations, it's it's important for me to remember and, um, you know, I want to communicate to those that are listening. Um, when you're when you're working with people, they're variable and volatile, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and if you're having a conversation, you're going deep um, and feelings are big. Yes. Working with kids, we talk about big feelings all the time. Big people have bigger feelings. <laughs> yes, they do. I love that. Yeah. So we were we were we were talking right before the break about this disengaged listening. And as a leader, what does that look like? The emails going off, the phones booping and beeping, the doorbells buzzing, people in and out, right? So minimize the distractions or eliminate them entirely because when you're having these relational conversations and and um if you're working with a person, they start to feel disengaged. Then they go to dysregulation. Mm-hmm. And what I know of my work with children, I bring to the table in that bigger front. I, it's the same for adults. We're all the same. Our brains work the same. They just yes. fire at different, different yes. uh, uh, speeds sometimes, yes. right? Um, so the dysregulated person may hear a message and they think, oh, me, me, me. Me, me, me. I'm the problem. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's a very egocentric way to think. Um, so going into conversations, um, just a little bit of research base behind there, when especially when a bad situation happens, you want to kind of reframe these emotionally charged areas. So the emotion area in the brain. Talk about brain balancing in the education world. Yes. So Sal helps with some of that. Yes judging the evaluative areas of the brain and then the attention seeking or maybe attention getting feeling judged the eyes are on me now right and um, sharing personal things can feel that way this is so powerful because you're literally setting the stage Mm -hmm. To address not only the relational pieces, but just understanding, and people know I say it all the time, this is just how the brain works. Mm -hmm. So stop trying to fight against it. Begin to use tools like Sal to set the table 
for a healthy conversation, even if it's a hard one, it still can be a healthy one. And so Sal becomes this the the frame mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for your brain to even get ready mm-hmm. for what needs to happen to engage. Right. Because what can you control in a situation? The other person? No. Who can no. you control? Me, myself, and I. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what is Sal? Other than a catchy slogan. And like I said, if you missed it before the break, my people who are listening, y'all are tired of my slogans. So Sal starts with S for sincere, sincere listening. And to me, that's coming to the conversation, checking your bias at the door. Mm -hmm. And that could be anything from pretense to implicit bias. And I work with a very diverse population. So sometimes I do need to check myself and my privilege. Yes. And my experience. Yes. Well, can we just pause there for a moment to be honest as leaders? Our past experiences, mm-hmm. we all have bias, mm-hmm. but it becomes dangerous when it's implicit bias because it's going to impact your decision making, the mm-hmm. actions that follow. Mm-hmm. So owning it as opposed to trying to dismiss it, that that's not me, when it actually is everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is true. Oh, yes. Love it. Um, and then be prepared for whatever it's going to be. Do you do you need to respond? Do you not need to respond? Are, are they looking for a fix? Are we looking to vent? Do you want to get to a solution? What are we doing here, right? Mm-hmm. Just be prepared for anything. It's mm-hmm. that open-mindedness part. Be honest. Now, that's honest with yourself to start. Yes. That's yes. honest to start. And then keep your word. So I'm a woman of my word. And what that means to me is that I'm going to keep meeting times the best that I can, right? I'm going to, you know, speak up when I can't and get to a quick reschedule if yeah. that's needed. Because your time is as important, if not more important than mine. That's that message. Mm-hmm. That's a value message. Mm-hmm. That also goes back to what you said earlier that earns you the respect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love all of it. And then when I was was putting this together and thinking about how I do what I do, I noticed there's a difference between active listening and then the sincerity part. Active listening says, you can smile and nod. (laughs) Don't, please don't. Don't just simply smile and nod. You have to express gratitude for what's shared, process what's being said, and give really deliberate responses or questions Mm -hmm. to continue the conversation. There's something actually before the break that you shared that resonated with me that almost for me brings this conversation full circle. And you went so far as when you talked about the sincere part was to give the person power to, so where would you like to sit? How would you like to be in this space? And that's a moment where you're actually acknowledging that their comfort, 
their voice, Mm -hmm. what's going to help them stay the most present is important in, in this entire package so that when we get to a place where we need to reflect and process, you're, you're positioned physically, emotionally, potentially, you're positioned to be able to actually do that more effectively. It, this just, it all just becomes so integrated and intentional. It becomes a culture mm. is what it is. It's culture creation. Yes. Yes. And when we think about so many organizations that are talking about um, turnover, yes. talking about uh, staff, not only in early childhood, but literally all over. Mm-hmm. There's no industry or ministry that is going without acknowledging that people are responding mm-hmm. to the spaces they're in, in, as you shared, in really big ways. And so being able to have tools that, as you said, recognize that human beings are varied and volatile. That's a part of the package. It is. But how do we as leaders create a culture that recognizes you're going to be met Mm -hmm. with, and, and you've been talking about them, but we haven't labeled them, but they really sound like trauma-informed approaches yeah. or being really trauma-responsive. Yes. Mm. Is is that term important to the work that you do and who you are and how you lead? Yes, it's incredibly important. And we do, um, as a community and as an agency, um, we focus on continued learning with that. So it's into the life cycle of trainings. It's um, a constant group reflection for us as leaders to say, where is the gap and where can we grow? And then how do we go forward from there? Yes, that concept of growing. Mm -hmm. You presented a concept or a question in preparation for today around um, staying small. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes in, in this, if that feels counterculture to me, <laughs> like our culture is about playing it big, getting a reach, having a presence, being yeah. like, what does um, staying small mean to you? Well, and Thank you for asking, but that that definitely comes from um, my background and just not wanting not wanting to be seen. It's that holding myself back mentality, a little bit of victim mentality. If we're going to call okay. out the elephant in the mm-hmm. room, there, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's being scared for so many people to know. It's like you're a, you're damaged or Ooh, this. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, the labels. Ooh, you have flaws. As a perfectionist, I cannot have flaws. I do. I'm recovering. Mm-hmm. I'm in recovery mm-hmm. day and mm-hmm. day. I have to call out my sister. She she quoted herself as this, and and we are blood bonded, so we are very much cut from the same cloth when it comes to this. But staying small, but also being a little bit legendary. So in my in my circles and probably some of the people who are listening in today from this 20 years, it's I'm 
and she said it the best. I'm the biggest somebody that's nobody, a local legend previously, and a reputation that precedes me. Wow. And really, it's about legacy. Mm. None of the work that I do, even speaking here today, it's not about me. It's not about who I am. It's who one something I do can make their life a little better, whether it's a child, a friend, co-workers, other people in leadership. Can I do something that impacts you on a greater scale that you didn't even know was coming? Mm -hmm. And here it is. This is really a conversation around legacy and purpose mm -hmm. and impact all yeah, all in all in one. Mm -hmm. The so as you just shared, kind of the elements of your past yeah. may have impacted this concept of potentially playing smaller. Um, but it's not that it's a hiding thing. It's more of an opportunity. It, but for me, it continues to connect to your intentionality and how what you've been through will not define, but it has shaped you. Correct. Oh, yeah. And in your own healing process, it has allowed you to be intentional on what you're going to give to someone else that they'll pick up and carry forward in their story mm -hmm. as, as they heal. Cause we're all healing from something. If we, if we get honest. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned both messy and inspiration all in the same, <laughs> all in the same title. What's the inspiration part? I'm assuming it's tied to this legacy yes. conversation, but the inspiration that is Dr. Franny. Oh, it is truly one of my life's passions is to watch people grow. Mm -hmm. And at the at the at the root of that started when I was, you know, 18, I entered the early childhood education field not knowing I swear a thing about children. <laughs> I just thought I was going to color all day. Um, the moment that the first child got something, the sparkle in their eye, the excitement, just electrifying their body. I craved it. You were hooked. I knew you could. I was hooked. It's, a, hooked. it's an addiction. Yes. Watching children grow. Mm. And I had amazing leaders before me. Um, who taught me a lot of the ways of, of leadership at my foundational leadership. And then I got to see something else amazing. Other people grow. Yes. And truly, when I was in my transformational phase, when I was going from somewhere dark mm -hmm. to somewhere different, a different station, not my destination, mm -hmm. just a station. Yes. Station on the Hot Mess Express, right? It's all right. Choo-choo. We're, we're on the train together. We're on the train. <laughs> but while I was on that journey, I found it just so incredibly inspiring and amazing to watch adults grow into their own and watch their journeys. Yeah. 
Inspiration station. See another yes. rhyme. I Look, can't stop. And, and I can't and stop. Your team is going to be like, did she really have to pull that did, out of her? Did she yes. have to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, but you have com- you have committed so much of your career to early childhood, yes. the field. What are you hoping for the field at this season and time in which there's so much that is fragile? Mm-hmm that needs repair, that is still amazing and glorious, but it's a tough season. Mm -hmm. What are you hoping for, for the field itself? I hope to duplicate really the successes that I've come to know. So in in the real tumultuous phase of COVID, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the, the headlines the sizzle reels that you'll get on TikTok, social media is that oh, early childhood is collapsing, razor thin budgets, people are leaving and stampeding, everybody's working from home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was not my experience. Yeah. Do I know why? I don't. If you're out there, thanks for sticking by me um, and with us together. But I really had a team that I started with around four years ago in the in the role that I'm currently in, and they stayed. And they stayed. Do I know why to this day? Yes, you do. Somewhere. I do. Somewhere. I do. I do. It's the intentionality of the culture. Yes. As you have explained and and given an invitation to leaders listening. And this isn't just about early childhood, although it is relevant. This really is organizational culture building with effective trauma-informed strategies from a leader who is willing to acknowledge that she's messy, but she has inspiration. That's the reason why they stayed. That's the reason why they stayed. And, And everyone didn't have the same experience. Mm -hmm. But what I'm hearing you say is this this is an opportunity for you to give to others. Mm -hmm. Yes. Identify ways to replicate this. What is it that people want when they come to work? Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially coming into an education field where the reward, it's intangible. Yeah. It's an intangible reward. The one that I chased for years. How do you keep people wanting to keep coming back? Mm-hmm. And how, how do you keep people safe when the stories get hard? Mm-hmm. The, the process of being willing to commit to your team, whether everything is going well or things get hard, it sounds like you've stayed committed, Mm -hmm. committed to a leadership journey, committed to, and and you've used the word growth a few times, but you've not used the word goal. Mm. 
And I think sometimes we get so focused on being goal oriented that we lose sight of the power of instilling this perspective of growth Mm -hmm. within people, within teams. So what's something that's on the horizon for Dr. Franny? What are you excited? Besides that beautiful, um, chunky baby, (laughs) what's on the horizon? (laughs) What is something that you are excited about that's coming in, in your future that you're working on? Well, I'm excited to continue this journey and continue working through my processes when it comes to the sincere listening, um, but also the reciprocity of it. So it's very, it's very much bi-directional mm-hmm. with me and my team, mm-hmm. but it's also bi-directional with myself and leadership as well. I'm excited to see the journey of culture, right? A lot of uh, leaders use this um, metaphor, this imagery of culture being an iceberg. Mm. You only see what's on the surface sometimes. I'm excited to go deeper with culture creation, Mm -hmm. strategies that support that. And really, as I've said before, just going deep, continuing to go deep with people one-on-one so that everybody knows their unique value Mm. and driving that. Can I ask you, because I think about the leader that is depleted. Sure. How are you uh, supporting? Because I know you not only serve and support a team that you work alongside of, but you also have colleagues and those who structurally are in another position. I'm curious how do you communicate taking taking care of yourself? Because mm-hmm. going deep can sometimes yes. feel overwhelming mm-hmm. if I'm depleted. Yeah. How are you taking care of Dr. Franny and how are you encouraging others to do the same? So modeling is, is really big and that's boundary setting. Mm-hmm. That's real boundary setting. If I am out of, you know, my cup is empty. Yeah. Can't even put my mask on cuz honestly, I will put somebody else's mask on before mine when we're when we're building this plane <laughs> as we're flying it. I'll put somebody else's mask on. Um and I've had to learn. It's it's some boundary setting. If if I'm taking that that time off, if I'm taking a step back and I'm disconnecting, it's real easy. There's really no prescription here. Take the work email off your personal phone. Mm. Right? That's going to pa- put somebody in panic. I think right, I think so. Right <laughs> now that happened. <laughs> somebody just clicked off. <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's a small thing. Yeah. The small things make a big difference. Work email off your personal phone. Um it's not even about Self-care, that word has become just incredibly overused, especially through COVID. How do you, how do you teach somebody to take care of themselves when they're in crisis or conflict or just so at the end of their rope? It's really just finding how to model sometimes those boundaries mm-hmm. and saying what's good for me, that's good for you too. Mm-hmm. That goes mm-hmm. both ways. But you're setting 
a clear expectation because mm-hmm. sometimes leaders will tell the staff to, to mm-hmm. establish boundaries, but then they don't have any themselves. Yeah, that's and true. so that comes off as inauthentic. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of sends the message like, oh, I don't really know if, does she or he really mean for me to have this boundary? Mm-hmm. There's confusion there. Mm-hmm. Oh, this has been so powerful. I cannot believe we are already up with our hour. I hope that this has given you an opportunity, especially if you find yourself in a leadership role. It has given you permission to recognize we all have messiness, but we don't have to be sloppy. Mm -hmm. And between VCR and Sal and legacy, find markers to establish culture, to establish culture. Can I just say thank you, Dr. Franny, for just bringing the light and inspiration to all of our listeners. I have to thank you. It was my pleasure to be here and share all of this as the world's biggest nobody. <laughs> well, not anymore. She is now on an hey. international platform. So, and and I am sure that people around the world are going to benefit from your wisdom and the nuggets that you have shared. Well, that is another wrap. We are closing out the month of February and I don't want you to miss next week's conversation. Um, We are going to have a generations conversation between two women who come from two different generations right here on the flip side. So same place, same time right here on the flip side. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.